3: Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
2: wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v
5: Lombardi line on a Monday. You've got Monday Night Football, of course, tonight with the Chargers hosting the Broncos. He's Michael Lombardi. on Patrick Maher. Hope you had a nice weekend. So it's interesting. Uh, 24-20 win. Josh Allen, again, that Jumping over to the defender, that final drive, just a lot of drama. It was a lot of fun. You know what's fascinating about the Bills' win 24-20 as the exact revenge? You take a look at Allen and Mahomes' stat lines. They both attempted 40 passes. Mahomes completed 25. Allen completed 27. The difference? Two picks for Mahomes, no picks for Allen. So that's the difference between yeah, right those two.
4: And one of the – you know, Mahomes had the two worst picks to have. He had a one in the end zone. And he had one at the end of the game when they have a chance to either win the to win the game. And so those mistakes, yep. I mean, the game's really even. I would say this, and I would love to hear what you think. I didn't think Buffalo played their best today. Oh, now no. some might say that's cause Kansas City. I never felt like Buffalo was in a rhythm. I thought they were too they went for it on fourth, they had to fumble in the red zone. You know they they punted twice. I thought they would move the ball. Now I, I was surprised they ran the ball as many times. Singletary had twelve, seventeen carries. Uh, Josh Allen didn't really. I mean he had twelve carries. He what he averaged three point eight a carry. So it wasn't his legs that beat him. I, I didn't think they really got it into full gear, which is why the over didn't click as way I felt like.
5: Oh, I. Literally wrote down these three words, and this will make Stephen Bond and Buffalo Bills fans happy because he got the win. I wrote down disjointed, sloppy, no groove. So those were my takeaways from the Bills, and they still won the football game on the road. And Kansas City was loud yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Yeah,
4: it was. And look, I mean, whatever you think, is Kansas City closer to the Chargers and the Raiders or are they closer to Buffalo? Here's what I will say. They are, as long as they have Mahomes, they're close to anybody because he was sensational and his ability to move in the pocket and make accurate throws. They made explosive plays yesterday. They had six plays, uh, explosive plays. They had two over 40 with Schuster making two two of them, you know, so they were able to move the ball. You know, they, they, they didn't run it as much as I thought they would. I mean, the difference in the game is Buffalo's got 58 rushes and completions, only 13 incompletions. Meanwhile, Kansas City only has 43, and they have 15 incompletions, and Kansas City only had the ball for 28 minutes. Like, whoever went in this game has to control the ball longer. Why? So that your defense plays less defense. And I think that ultimately was the case. And, look, Buffalo had seven penalties for 35 yards in the game, which means a lot of those were false starts.
5: I think this is if you take Mahomes and Kelsey and you put them over here, And then you take the rest of the roster and you compare it to the Bills. I don't even know if they're on the same planet right now. You know, Jones is great. They're not as good
4: defensively. They're they're not as good defensively. The the Chiefs aren't. I mean, Milano really makes a difference to this defense. I mean, he's he that tackle he had on Mahomes late in the game or made him throw it quicker. I mean, he's he's so athletic and he's around the ball and he's got great instincts. So, yeah, I I mean, look, if they if to me if Kansas City goes to Buffalo, I think that's even a harder game. You know, I think Buffalo's felt like they can. But how about Buffalo? How about how serendipitous this world? I mean, Belichick's playing the Bears when he's tied with Hallis, And Kansas City gets the ball with, what, 12 seconds this time and still kicks a field goal. Like, how do these things continue to happen?
5: <laughs> As Bond points out, Singletary, five yards a pop. That really was the difference. Edwards Hilaire. You can't just feed Edwards Hilaire the ball 15 times and expect him to be the guy that's going to grind yards for you. He's a, hes kind of a change of pace. Singletary ran the ball very well. And also on that final drive, like what separates Allen is you always feel like if it breaks down, he can get it done with his feet. And he did. He picked up yeah. a couple of first downs. He's just, he's a tremendous athlete with the he, jumping over the defender. Well, he's I,
4: awesome. I think what happens is now we've seen this, is the sixth offensive weapon, the quarterback, his feet and his arm and his mind, starts to play into it. I didn't think Jalen Hurts played great last night, but he's such a threat in the in the run game and in the offense that he allows the other things to open up. And that's where Allen is too, you know, but Allen typically is really good at making more yards with his feet. But when the game was on the line, the throw the touchdown throw was sensational. And look, the the Raiders didn't make the plays in the fourth quarter. And the Bills made the play. They ran 24 plays in the fourth quarter. They got eight first downs and a touchdown. Meanwhile, Kansas City only had 12 plays in the fourth quarter. And they got three points and turned the ball over.
5: At breaking news here on the Lombardi line, presented by BetMGM, this is v the Sports Betting Network. Robbie Anderson has been traded, Michael Lombardi, to the Arizona Cardinals. Shocking. <laughs> You're uh, laughing. Why are you laughing?
4: Well, I mean... Well, I mean, look, the Cardinals average 4-4 a play. Robbie's going to come in. He had, Robbie hasn't done anything for Carolina. He had busted – Cleveland bust, busted the coverage in the opening game, but that was it. I mean, he hasn't really done a whole lot. They paid him a lot of money, you know, and Robbie can become a good player if things are going good in Robbie's life. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but why not add more dysfunction to the Arizona Cardinals? Why not? One thing you can I say wonder about Robbie I if Robbie Anderson. stayed in L.A. I, I, did Robbie get back on that plane? And that, that's a really interesting question. Did he get back on that plane? Or did they make him just say, look, you just you just chill here? Fun
5: attitude. Seems like a fun guy, though, Robbie Anderson. He's got a good He'll vibe. Fit right
4: in. He'll fit right in with that group out there. Steve Steve
5: Keim just literally just slanging it from hey, the GM box. It's entourage. He's having a couple of cocktails up there slanging it. Nobody
4: holds him accountable. He doesn't have any accountability. I mean, why? Steve it's Keim. all good. <laughs> Keim's
5: like, Kingsbury's
4: really cool
5: handsome guy. Let's G him up. How about Kyler Murray, who literally held the franchise hostage? Let's give him a bunch of cash. Robbie Anderson, who just got kicked off the sideline by an interim head coach. Let's go ahead and sign him. You know what? I'm all in on the Cardinals. Screw it. Let's go.
4: (laughs) It's amazing, right? I mean, like at some point, at some point, you know, and you know, now all of a sudden, now we're going to talk about how Kyler Murray is going to become better because he's got Robbie Anderson. Meanwhile, Robbie couldn't make any quarterback better for the Carolina Panthers.
5: And Robbie, I don't know if you saw it. So obviously, Temple, Matt Rule, Matt Rule gave him an opportunity. When Rule was fired, <laughs> Robbie Anderson was just like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. So it doesn't seem like he's an overly loyal guy. And of course, if you missed it yesterday, Wilks, the interim, it looked like Robbie Anderson got into it. And, again, P.J. Walker wasn't delivering the ball to wide receivers yesterday. That's fine. But Anderson got into it with his wide receiver coach, and Wilks literally said, yeah, you can leave the field. You don't see that very often.
4: Uh, this has been brewing, though. We said it on the show. I said it on the pod. Everybody was talking about they're going to trade McCaffrey. I said on the show the one guy's going. It's definitely out of there is Robbie Anderson because just, it just wasn't a good fit for him. wasn't a good fit for them, and they feel like there's been a lot of I mean you did the one thing you didn't see, and, and you know, as Yogi says, you can you can you can see a lot from looking, you didn't see any player really go over to Robbie in that video.
5: No. no.
4: You did not see a player a go over point. to Robbie.
5: I agreed you did with not him. See I just that. didn't I didn't know teams that would be takers on Anderson. Well, because why I mean they just want to you know, add that vibe
4: to the locker room. Well, I mean, I don't think they really care. I mean the, 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 the look Why would you extend a quarterback who's got two years under contract who didn't play well? Why would you give him 250? Like this is just, to me, this is a deck chair off the Titanic taking Robbie Anderson. After you've made that decision, you know, what decision can you make? That's good.
5: One thing we can say, we, I want Steve Kimes life. Like he's just, he gets by, he gets by and uh, he continues. So, Again, if you're just joining us, Robbie Anderson after the tirade yesterday has been traded to the Arizona Cardinals. So the Cardinals play Thursday night. They're laying a point and a half with the Saints in town, and they're going to have two new wide receivers. They're going to have DeAndre Hopkins back from suspension and Robbie Anderson back from a bull spell in Los Angeles. So yeah, that's the situation. I'm guessing the locker room isn't going to cry for anybody. Argentina with Robbie Anderson, not showing up in Carolina, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, everybody knew that after the game that that was gonna that was Robbie's career. When he walked off that field, that was a little Antonio Brownish. He was they was done, and you know I don't know what the deal is, and maybe Robbie with a change of scenery can help, but obviously it was conflicting everything that was going on within that building. And Steve, look, look, they couldn't move the ball against a bad Rams team. I mean, McCaffrey was great, but you know PJ couldn't make a throw or even try to make a throw to a receiver down the field. And when he did, it was wild and. And so now if they get Darnold back this week, maybe they could have some offense, but right now their offense is broken.
5: I listen, I know I loved Carolina and based on the final score 24-10, the Rams cover the 10. The the Panthers were essentially leading that game for most of it. The Rams are horrible like the Rams are in a bad way right now don't let a 14 point win over Carolina mislead you this is not a very good football team in Los Angeles
4: well that that you know the the betters who took Carolina and the 10 using the same logic that I said I don't think the Rams are 10 points better than anybody I think that's still true you know they lose Jacob Eason comes in the game and throws an interception they have first and goal with the seven to get a backdoor cover and he throws an interception you know and you know and so there goes the game I mean you know these, these lately for me and my recommendations, every time I like a game, the backup quarterback ends up playing. I mean, we haven't talked about the Miami, but how many more quarterbacks are they going to go through in Miami? You want to look at a bizarre game sheet, a game book? Go look at this Minnesota one. It's remarkable that Miami lost the game. It's remarkable. If Skylar Thompson plays the whole game, I think they win by two touchdowns. Minnesota...
5: Six weeks in one loss. Have we seen a worst one loss team six weeks in ever? I mean, it's just they, if you were watching that they could that that offense, cousins and the head coach that were fighting on the side, like it, it's just it was gross. Shout to Mike Palm and others that cashed with Minnesota, but that was ugly.
4: I mean, God bless Mike Palm. I don't know how he saw that vision, but God bless him. I never saw it that way, but he did. How about this? They had 15 drives of the game, Patrick. Minnesota had 15 drives of the game. Thirteen of those drives had four plays or less. Thirteen of those drives. That ain't good. No. I mean, okay. and they covered by they covered by eight.
5: So what should betters know Minnesota-Miami? We'll give you the answer. Also, this Vison is a cowboy house, and we've yet to touch on Dallas and Philadelphia and Cooper Rush. I'm sorry, but he's limited.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
6: Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
1: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports.
3: Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then...
2: Well, we sent you on your jolly way.
3: Yeah. Psh.
2: I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator.
3: I'm Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent.
2: And we're back with season two, because as it turns out... F1's newest fan is still a little...
3: dazed and confused.
2: Join us for Season 2 of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports.
3: Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But You also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod?
2: Listen to Season 2 of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
3: Or wherever you get your podcast, you find it. That's next.
4: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on vSen, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
5: Okay, VEASAN pros cashed in this weekend, made some money. You can too. It's 99 bucks through the Super Bowl. So again, when you pay $99 right now, VEASAN.com slash subscribe and become a VEASAN pro, you get everything we offer. Pro tools, pro picks at a glance, pro pro tips, of course. Uh, I even mentioned, it's hard for me to say, but the pro prop analyzer. So again, there's a perfect one tonight uh, with Justin Herbert. That's all part of the package. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to become a pro. Become part of the team. It's vsun.com slash subscribe. So uh, we're going to get to Dallas and, of course, the rush limitations in just a second. But Bond asked an interesting question. So we got two five and one teams, the Minnesota Vikings and the Giants. If they're on a neutral, my assumption is Minnesota's two-and-a-half, three-point favorite. Who is the better 5 and one team right now, Minnesota or the Giants? Because Minnesota's not very good.
4: I, I probably – you know, you're going to give it to Co- – because Cousins is a little bit better than 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 J- Daniel Jones, although Daniel Jones played well enough yesterday. I mean, he did exactly what they want him to do. Uh, I would say it's a pick em game. I think it goes back and forth. i probably lean towards taking the Giants because I think that Martindale Sir – Wink, Sir Wink Martindale would blitz Cousins to where it would cause them some issues like they did yesterday in Miami. I mean that that game book in Miami is is one for the ages. It really is when you study it. I mean think about this, Minnesota averaged 4.7 yards per play. And 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 Teddy comes in and God I love Teddy, but Te- I don't think Teddy's the same player he once was 3 4 years ago. Yeah, he didn't. Miami loses my and Miami had 10 penalties in the game for 97 yards and gave them two first downs. So when you lose games like that and you you know and, and then they gave up explosive plays, I mean they had a 53 yard touchdown, a 47 yard play and th- that was really all they did. So I I don't think they would get those plays against the Giants to me. You know they're five and one and the Bears had a chance to beat them. I think they're closer to the Bears than they are closer to the better teams in the NFL. My hope
5: for the Lions would be they hire Wink Martindale as the head coach and then Dan Campbell becomes like the athletic trainer. I don't even want Campbell as a coordinator. I want he's he's jacked, so maybe he can motivate and do things that way. But I want Wink Martindale, your boy, as a head coach there in Detroit.
4: How does he not get a head coaching job? I mean seriously what this guy's been doing, I mean really it's unbelievable. But it's kind of anyway. it's
5: similar to it's similar to my man that went down to Denver, uh the vet and got finally oh Fangio. And finally got it. I think I think Wink eventually gets one, but it's going to be too late. That's the problem.
4: Yeah, but okay. W- Wink's different than these. G- Wink's like Parcells. He's got a lot of Parcells in him. He's not like Vic. Vic was kind of a stubborn kind of go. You know, like
5: anyway. So you're saying there's Anywho. a little
4: bit of a forward-thinking, youthful vibe about yeah.
5: Wink that belies his age and his his look. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I want him. Yep. I I I think I think Baltimore you're not going to get him. Them. You
4: got Dan Campbell for four more years. So stop was He it. couldn't even get an interview. He couldn't even get an interview with in Detroit.
5: <laughs> Dan Campbell. He just. Makes it. I love people that got blowed into hard knocks. Okay, so Dallas and Philly, 26-17. Uh, so Philly does end up covering. So Cooper Rush, since he took over as a starter, the Cowboys have been winning games by obviously playing great defense and mistake, mistake-free mistake football. Those things didn't happen in the first half here. Mm-hmm. I thought it was too good. Like, but two professional football teams, right? Dallas and Philly, that was... It was a good matchup last night.
4: You know, but I think the, the the really the silver lining in the game, again, the Eagles dominate the second quarter, but the, the silver lining in the game is how good the Eagles defense played. And think about this. The Eagles defense played well, had zero sacks for the game, and zero tackles for losses. They never forced a negative play out of Dallas. Okay? Now, the problem is Dallas had 10 penalties for 72 yards in the game. Those were the negative plays. They were forced by whatever reasons they were, and you know Rick Goslin, the great beat writer for the former Dallas Morning News, who, who keeps track of the officials. He tweeted out on Sunday morning, like, if you're John Hussey's the best official, if you're a home team, because he's going to let you have it, and it proved to be true. Eagles had two penalties for ten yards in the game. Eagles averaged three nine per play in this game, three nine per play, but they dominate the second quarter. They get that twenty to three lead. Dallas comes back, and they make it 20-17. to They got a chance, and then the Eagles do what most good teams do. They took the game over. 27 plays in the fourth quarter, eight first downs, one touchdown, had the ball 11 minutes. There's the game.
5: They're good at everything. We're getting into middle eight territory with that second quarter, so let's just quickly mention this. They scored 20 on the Cowboys yesterday. The Eagles have scored 112 points in the second quarter this year. That's the most in NFL history through six weeks. What do you attribute that second quarter success to? I, I,
4: I can't really figure it out. I, I think a lot of it is I, 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 I think a lot of it is this, that when you play them, when, when you play Philadelphia or you play Baltimore, it's like playing the service academies. You know you go play army, you go play Navy, you go play Air Force. You're not used to them if you've never played them. And the speed of the game really gets you. And then once you settle in on the speed of the game, you have a better second half against them, and you understand what they're doing offensively, and you can react with it. And your players, because let's face this, right? So to get ready for Philadelphia, you've got to practice. They got to, you got to have somebody who can run the offense like Hertz does, who's big and as fast as Hertz. You don't have that on your scout team, and you don't have the same looks. And you, you know, it looks good in practice. But it doesn't look as good in the game. And once you get in the game and then you make the adjustments, now we've got this. And I think that's a lot of it. I think a lot of it is the speed of the game and it's going so fast. And once you get that done, then you could do it. Because when you look at it, when you look at it, they're not as good. They're not as good in the second half.
5: Cooper Rush, A plus keeping the seat warm. That is the definition of a great backup. You did your job. One thing you do know, the Cowboys can't come from behind. So he will now take a seat. He's gonna make for 10 years now, he's gonna make a living in the NFL. And and here comes Dak, and they'll become more dynamic. The question about the Cowboys, and I'll set up next week for you. The question about the Cowboys, can the coaching staff take what they did with Rush and implement it with Dak? And be that good of play callers and game managers, because that's the question.
4: Well that's that's what they gotta do. I mean that's what they have to do. They have to take the same approach. Now, the one thing is with Dak, if we get behind, we shouldn't panic and we should stay with our course, but we can catch up if we get behind. We can we can make enough plays. And so I think you gotta be patient and you've gotta play the game within yourself. You know, we were just talking about Philly. Philly ranks twenty sixth in the NFL in second half production. 26th hmm. think about that they do everything and i think a lot of that is the speed of the game and so if you're dallas if you could just keep them from kind of now that you've played them once you got a better chance and now dallas to me it's zeke run the ball with zeke he had no negative plays no tackle for losses none, of, no sacks let's keep getting positive yards let's control the game and play to our strength which even though Dak is back the strength of our team is the defense
5: for, for some reason, I thought Dallas had a bye week next week, but they kind of do no, because Philly Detroit's does. coming to town. Detroit oh, at But Dallas. Philly does. Philly does, yeah. though. Philly has if the bye. Philly body, has that's to the where... if you, By the way, if you told me, and this is why it's not fair to judge, like if you told me after that introductory presser that Sirianni would all of a sudden turn into this, I would have told you you're insane. Because yeah, I
4: think a lot of it is – yeah, I mean, look – Give the Eagles organization, Jeffrey Lurie, a lot of credit here. Okay, they've kind of have built this around it, right? When Jonathan Gannon was there last year, he was nothing like he's doing this year with what they're doing off defensively. Nothing. And the Eagles organization have changed, too. They never wanted to sign linebackers. They signed White. You know, they got the Bradley. They're much better at linebacker. They're faster on defense than they've ever been because of their linebackers. So they're improved in that area. The one thing the Eagles have always been consistent about since Jeff Lurie's on the team is is the dedication to offensive and defensive alignment. You know, and they get that big kid Jordan Davis, the 14th pick of the draft. How people pass on him, I didn't know. Oh, you know, I'm sure they probably so got A's on him. You know, but he but he keeps he dominates inside. He's only going to get better.
5: You want to take a stab at the number Detroit at Dallas early window next Sunday. Six, seven. Wow, they give you a touchdown. Circo opened 7.5, immediately got bet down to 7. Everybody else looks like they opened 7. 110 up and down, so the number's not moving. Detroit, Dallas, TBD as far as the quarterback for Dallas, but our assumption is it's going to be Dak, and they're laying 7 He right said he now. was going to
4: play, right? I mean, he's going to play. Yeah. He oh, said yeah, he was going to play, play, so... Here's the point. Know, I mean, they...
5: My assumption is that closes
4: 7.5. Yeah. I think so. So, I mean, because here's the thing about Detroit. I know they got shut out against New England, but they can move the ball. That backdoor cover is always going to be part of it. They don't give up. They're so bad on defense. We're going to find out what they did in the bye week to improve their defense with their rested. (laughs) That was a good one. That was a good one.
5: Uh, The total, 48. Now, again, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I I wonder if it does close seven and a half. That'll be interesting because as soon as it moves to seven and a half midweek here, the you know, sharps will buy it back down to seven. Uh, Let's monitor that next Sunday. When we're sitting here on the Lombardi line, let's see where Dallas and Detroit are sitting seven, seven and a half, maybe even six and a half. We shall see. Um, Okay. Pritch, Mike Pritchard. We're going to take a deep dive with our NFL insider and VEASAN hosts and seven year pro Mike Pritchard coming up next right here. Lombardi line, including the breaking news. Robbie Anderson is a Cardinal.
4: Into the Lombardi Line on V-CIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
5: Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN the Sports Betting Network. We're lucky; we have some great regular spots on the Lombardi Line. We got Mike Palm, of course, uh, every Friday, every Monday. We've got Mike Pritchard, who is a Veasan host, NFL insider. Michael does a great job. Eight-year NFL vet. I said seven-year NFL vet. I shorted you. As we welcome you, first off. To 10. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, Pritch. Don't okay. don't hate me. Um, I now I wanted to ask you a question and I want to get Michael's take on this as well. So we saw Tom Brady absolutely emasculate his offensive line. Just to be clear, that was in the final minute of the second quarter. So he could have done that in the locker room at the break. He does it on the field. I swear to you, Michael and Pritch. At one point, I saw Brady look up and see the camera while he was yelling, and he went back to yelling. I digress. Pritch, what do you? T- how do you take that as a former player if somebody's going off on you like that?
6: I, I mean, uh, considering where Tom Brady is in his career and how he's established himself as a goat, uh, it's impressionable, to be honest with you guys. I mean, uh, I think uh, back of my own experiences in Uh, just being in awe of being in the same huddle with John Elway. It it wasn't until uh, I actually sat down with with his father, Jack, and his mother, and uh, we had dinner. We were out in Barcelona. We had dinner. I'm like, oh, this guy is just a football player like me, right? But I held him in such high regard, and I think that's going on with Tampa. I mean, uh, you got some players out there obviously not on the same level as Tom, but yet they're impressionable, right? And and, uh, Tom is obviously the leader out there, but you also have guys, I believe, looking sideways at Tom uh, in terms of being hypocritical, uh, right? Here we are busting our tails, and and yet, um, you know, you're, you're taking sabbaticals in training camp, and, and certainly you're going to weddings uh, right before a big game for us. So <laughs> I, they got to work things out. I, I think they need to close the door uh, and hash this out as a team uh, there in that locker room.
4: You know, I I think, look, offensive linemen are used to being yelled at, all right? That's kind of what goes with the territory. (laughs) You're always kind of getting – they're like cattle. They're always getting prodded. You know, there's (laughs) always somebody – got to move them to the next drill. They're used to it. They're smart. They're always pretty smart. They're kind of like, yeah, okay, I got it. But, you know, I do think they're – you know, look, let's face it. Brady went to Tampa so he could have Brady Enterprise. I mean, the Patriot way doesn't allow for Brady to do what he's been doing. Right. And – you know, and I think Mike's make a great point. You know, the guy's 45 years old. Guys in that locker room are 21. There, There's a, you got to kind of blend that. You can't yell and treat players the same way. They're not like you. I think that's one of the hardest thing new coaches have to do is deal with that. I think that's really the challenge.
5: Is there a team right now, Pritch and Michael Lombardi? Michael, I'll start with you. Is there a team with that's worse in the red zone? That's the problem for the Bucs right now, settling well, for
4: field goals, right? Well, I think this. I think and I said this about Lamar. I think Mike, you know this quarterbacks, there's certain places on the field. They're like jump shooters in basketball. They love to throw the ball in certain places of the field. You know, and so for Brady, it's always about having a tight end. Okay, mm-hmm. we I need Gronk. I need I need Edelman or Aaron Hernandez or slot receiver with quickness. And I need James White. I need Kevin Falk. I need Jane those to me, if I were building a team around Brady that's what I would have to have. Now, when you look at Tampa, they don't have that. They don't have a Gronk. They don't have any tight end, really. Cameron Brake got hurt. They don't have a slot receiver that can win and he can throw the ball to on third down and win in the red zone. And they don't have that nickelback. And so it's really not conducive to, yeah, they have Mike Evans, but Brady doesn't want to make a living throwing the ball outside the numbers. That's not who he is. He wants to throw the ball in the middle of the field. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson wants to throw it in the middle. That's why Mark Andrews has all those catches. But when you don't give them enough guys in the middle of the field that can win one-on-one routes, then it becomes a problem.
6: Yeah, Michael, great point, because I agree with you 100% in terms of uh, Brady not having that that comfort level out there with the guys that he's playing with. I mean, it's different. There's a difference when you have a Gronk or a running back out of the backfield that you can throw the ball to. Uh, knowing how that can break down the defense that way, too. I mean, Mike Evans is tremendous. Uh, on the outside but but it has been different around uh tom brady to answer your question though patrick i mean i think russell wilson has been horrible in the red zone in terms of touchdowns i I think the broncos offense is worth uh, ranked uh, dead last 32nd uh, in terms of scoring touchdowns uh, in the red zone so uh tom brady they do have a lot of work to do Uh, i don't know where they find that comfort i don't know if they move mike evans inside and Uh, allow him to do some things um i don't know if there's anybody on that that roster uh, that can emulate what brady has been accustomed to and used to in that area of the field
5: let's dig deeper into this brady he's 45 michael lombardi i'll start with you and we'll get to the pritch on this it's a team right now that's three and three i'll look ahead to next week but how does a handicapper take kind of the vibes around brady him going off on the team missing the pieces that you just mentioned First year, as far as bulls, there. What's moving forward? The uh, scenario for the box.
4: Well, I think the one thing about Brady is he's a competitor, and next week's a new week. And I think whatever happened on Sunday, at the heat of the moment, going to move forward. They, they, they're going to have to sit down and have a, like Aaron Rodgers said, we get, we got low, we got to understand where we are. And I think that's the mo- all. There's a lot of teams. I think there's ten teams, three and three in the league right now. Well, there's going to be a couple of them that make it to the playoffs that get hot. Maybe one of them is going to win a Super Bowl. I don't know. But it's what they do between now and next week that's going to make a big difference. How we handle this, what adjustments we need to make, what do we need to work on, how do we get better, and now we know who we are as a team. we got to fix it. I think it's certainly doable. they got to get better on defense. I mean, they let Pittsburgh move the ball on them at the end of the game. they got to get better in the kicking game. It's just not all offense. But when you're one for five in the red zone like they were yesterday – you know, that's going to show up.
5: Pritch, yeah, absolutely. Lane, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's lane 10 and a half at Carolina next week. Should mm-hmm. be able to get right.
6: Yeah, they should be able to get right. But, you know, this time of year, and you're seeing how the league is so wide open. I mean, there's two uh, elite teams as Philly and, and Buffalo. Uh, and as a better, you kind of feel good about that situation or those situations, uh, depending on the number, of course, but, the rest of the uh, of the league and here's what's going on guys i mean you got 30 teams that that well i'll I'll take away some like carolina and and maybe a couple others that really have no realistic chances of making to the playoffs but the bulk of the league they feel like is wide open and in the locker rooms across the league right now you have coaches uh giving that message to the players say look we can get hot uh we can find ourselves not only in a divisional race Uh, but also in that playoff situation and maybe get through the playoffs. You just got to get hot like the Rams in Tampa has done uh, the previous two years. And and Tampa Bay is part of that. But uh, I agree with Michael. I mean, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. They'll figure it out. Uh, I I think Tampa, too, becomes better when the league becomes a matchup league uh, as opposed to a scheme league uh, that we're seeing right now. Because I do think Tom Brady and and Tampa, uh, they do have some favorable matchups uh, later on in the year.
4: You know, Mike's point's well taken, right? So, like, remember, when they won the Super Bowl, I think it was after they were not good. They lost at home to Kansas City. That game was closer than the score really was, Mm -hmm. and they lost at home to the Rams. Remember that? The Rams came in there and beat them, and then all of a sudden they got hot in December, and they got things turned around. I I think, to me, the the issue really is I don't think Brady's comfortable with the roster. I don't think he feels like, yeah, I mean, I know he wants Fournette – Fournette to carry the ball, but I don't think he wants him to be his nickel back, you know? And I think he wants, and I think he misses a nickel guy. I think he misses Gronk. You know, I think he misses yeah. that, that, that crafty guy to go in there and win the route that he could trust, everything with Brady's trust. And I don't think, other than Godwin, I don't think he has an elite level of trust. I mean, they signed Julio, and Julio's been hurt for five weeks. I mean, does, was anybody surprised by that? I mean, you know, it's, oh, it's great. Julio's back, but he's always hurt. What's up with your boy
5: Julio? Can he get on the field there, Pritch? Come on! I'll hey, man, he's ya. old.
6: He's old. He's old. <laughs> he <is> old. <laughs> hey, it all—it happens to the best of us. And it, it, the thing is, is great, great player. Uh, but the hamstring uh, situation—I mean, look at Keenan Allen; he can't even get on the field. I mean, you got the hamstring situation, and uh, those things are just uh, so bad for for a guy that sprints uh, each and every play. Uh, I, I think maybe. The intention, too, was to preserve Julio for the playoffs if they could, but they need him now. Uh, I don't know if you can preserve him for the playoffs and, and hope that he's going to be ready to go by then.
4: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's we got go forget ahead, like about that. preserving. We're, we're not jams. We, we got to win, you know? <laughs> Right. The NFL is not a jam. We ain't putting you up on the shelf and kind of get you when grandmom's ready. Like, we, we got to get it going here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
6: Jam.
5: Hey, what I want to ask. It's interesting because the Packers offensively are struggling. But what Michael always stresses, Pritch, and when we come back, I want to ask you about this because Belichick treats special teams equally to offense and defense. I'm curious with coaches you've had the differences as to how they've approached special teams. Like you see a new guy in LaFleur there in Green Bay, his special teams have been a disaster since he got there. And that ultimately. Uh, has really hindered this team. We saw it yesterday again. So we'll touch on that um, quickly, just in 30 seconds, Robbie Anderson to Arizona. What were your thoughts on the wide receiver getting traded there?
6: Well, I mean, it had to happen, uh, guys. I mean, you can't coexist on the, on, on the sideline when you're arguing with the coach and then the coach feeling like he has to engage with you as well that way. Uh, so it had to happen.
5: Yeah, well, the best was Michael when Wilkes just dismissed him with the play card. He said, just, <laughs>
4: get You just, you, go, go you, get to
5: stepping. you get to step right. okay,
4: You get to step in. Okay. You think he was on the team playing? There's no way he was on the team playing no, home. I, uh, I just, <laughs> it would have been too awkward.
5: I'm going to get you, uh, the viewers, a play from Mike Pritchard and Michael Lombardi on Monday Night Football next.
4: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports.
3: Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then...
2: Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. Pssh. I'm Tony Cam brown a tech, culture, and F1 commentator...
3: I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent.
2: And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little...
3: dazed and confused.
2: Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports.
3: Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But You also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. <sighs> Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod?
2: Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts, you find it. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
5: With lucky landslots, you can
4: get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has
6: anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a
6: guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
4: Play for free at
1: LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports.
3: Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver. And then
2: Well, we sent you on your jolly way.
3: Yeah. Psh.
2: I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator.
3: I'm Michael Costa, comedian, daily show correspondent.
2: And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little
3: dazed and confused.
2: Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports.
3: Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. Uh, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod?
2: Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
3: or wherever you get your podcasts. you
4: find it. to the Lombardi line on vSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher
5: okay BetMGM, the king of sports books unleashes the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM rewards so again like a credit card it's betting's premier loyalty program every time you place a bet at BetMGM or on the app again you're going to get points you accrue those points you can use them for free bets if you're planning a trip to Vegas you can convert those points into dining shows hotel rooms it's a great deal Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older, if you have an issue, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, let's do this. Let's just pick right up where I heard the conversation with Michael Lombardi. And, of course, Mike Pritchard joins us as he does every Monday uh, here on the Lombardi line. Chargers, Denver, tonight. I love the way you guys were attacking this. This number's down to four. Michael, when we sat down, it was four and a half everywhere. Most shops are showing four with the Chargers laying it. Start with you, Mr. Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi. You said you think Denver wins tonight.
4: Well, I, I think this is the why we said this in the conversation is the reason you trade for Russell Wilson is to win games like this. You've got a national television audience, Monday night football. You're playing on the road, a divisional rival. You need to win. You, you know, you've already given away too many games. You haven't played effectively. And so to me, it, this is why you've had 10 days to prepare for this. Remember, they played Thursday night, right? So they've had plenty of time to get ready for this. And, you know, they've got to find a way to make up some distance and see what they could do. I, I think Russell, more than anybody, he's got to play good tonight because they've played good enough Denver defensively. He's got to play good. And the Chargers are, are hurting. Keenan Allen more probably won't play. Two offensive linemen, the starting left tackle is not going to play. He's on IR. The Corey Lindsey's got an illness. He may not play. And, you know, Keenan Allen's probably not going to play. So this is the time is right now. Jacksonville went out there and beat them. You can win there,
6: Bridge. Totally agree. I mean, I think everything is on Russell Wilson uh, for a lot of reasons. Russell Wilson is the only player that understands how to win a Super Bowl uh, on that roster. I mean, you look at that roster, not a lot of guys have had playoff success, uh, let alone a Super Bowl uh, success. And okay, you have this guy, this iconic figure and uh, future Hall of Famer, that kind of influence uh, should prevail here right uh, in a game like this a big game tonight and then on top of that what Michael was talking about I'll piggyback on that you look at the Denver Broncos defense uh, on quarterback downs third down they're, they're in the top three uh, in terms of third down efficiency getting off the field uh, in the red zone in terms of preventing touchdowns they're number one that's the Broncos defense now on the offensive side third down conversions for the Broncos is 30th uh, in the National Football League that's the quarterback down um, efficiency in the red zone, scoring touchdowns. They're 32nd. That's another quarterback situation too. So everything is on the shoulders of Russell Wilson. He wanted it this way, uh, and now he has to produce uh, in this big spot.
5: They Denver has one loss by more than three points, and so they've been. It's been tight, Michael. You did a great job with outlining the Chargers' injuries. Also, the vibes right now around that team are weird, and there's going to be some regression. To a positive note, as far as the Broncos scoring touchdowns once they get into the red zone, right? It can't keep up the way that it's been trending as far as red zone scoring touchdowns for the Broncos.
4: And they've got to stop beating themselves. They've got to take the plays that are there and and not try to be a hero. You know, when you got a five, you know, take it and, and make the long foul balls. I mean, they've had a couple opportunities. They've been behind the defense. They haven't done it. And they can't blow the game by making stupid decisions on fourth down. I mean, they can't do that. So look, you know, they're thirtieth in the league in points scored per drive, I and mean, that's got to change. You know, that's yeah. got they got to change that. You know, they're 29th in scoring percentage. This defense is good. They're third overall in the league in a lot of categories. It's hard to run the ball on them. Where they're really good is in pass defense. They're the third best pass defense in terms of yards per attempt. If they, if Mike Williams doesn't make a big play tonight and they take him out, if Sertan takes him out of the game, and they're able to get by with that, they can put some pressure. They're going to put pressure on Herbert. The thing they must do, and this is where I think people lose sight a little bit of the Chargers, is when Eckler can get going running the football. The Chargers are a different team because it takes some of the pressure off Herbert to make every play. But when you stop Eckler and they don't have another answer for him and he be- it becomes one-dimensional, that offensive line starts to show its weaknesses. Go ahead, Pritch.
6: Yeah, no, I, I just agree. Everything what Mike, Michael said right there. I mean, uh, the, the matchup, you know, from Eckler, from a passing standpoint, because the Broncos linebackers uh, from a coverage uh, situation, not that great. But I think Patrick Sertan second can take away Mike Williams. This guy is huge, Michael Lombardi. I don't know if you've seen this guy in person. Oh. Uh, but he's he's like a safety playing corner, and he's fast like a yep. corner. Uh, and he's physical. And So I, I think he neutralizes Mike Williams right there, which is, which is significant uh, considering what uh, the Chargers want to do uh, Latavius Murray playing too because I I think the Broncos are soft offensively uh, they're wide receivers they don't want to mix it up they don't want to block uh, they tell they, they have tells in terms of personnel uh, at the tight end position whether who's in the game whether they're going to pass it or run it uh, and then they're banged up on the offensive line too so they need a physical back a big back uh, that can just bang it up in there and I think Latavius Murray is that type of guy to where uh, you keep that defense honest, and at least allows Russell Wilson to have some play action opportunities as well.
4: Well, Mike, you make a great point. This, this under the Brendan Staley direction of defense, which has Pro Bowlers on every level, and he's the greatest coach mm-hmm. that ever put on a coaching uniform. I'm shocked that he's not tied with George Halas as well, but, you know, they've given up 213 yards rushing last week, two weeks ago, 131, a week to three Mm -hmm. weeks ago. They're 32nd in the league in yards per attempt against them.
6: (laughs) Right, right. And the last couple of years, the bottom tier uh, in terms of points allowed too. uh, And it's like, I wonder if the fellas, because it's a veteran team, uh, and this is a a genius supposedly in the locker room, but uh, they've been openly questioning that situation. I, You know, I I I just wonder, from a credibility standpoint, what it's like in that locker room right now with the Chargers.
4: I I think that's a great point, Patrick. You know, you gain credibility as a coach. And Mike can speak to this. He's been a player. He's been there. When you predict things that happen, if we do this, we're going to lose. And we do that. See, guys, I told you. We do this, we're going to lose. But when you start to do things that doesn't make sense and you're not winning— you know, I mean, Keenan Allen's not sending that tweet like a fan. He's sending that tweet like all of us, like, what are you doing? And the reason Staley did it, no matter what he says, he doesn't trust his defense, nor does he trust himself. That's ultimately what he's saying. Because if he trusted his – what defensive coach wouldn't doesn't think that he could stop another team? I mean, they all think they could stop him. Denver getting a little healthier.
5: The Chargers health-wise going the other way. The number headed the headed to the Broncos. It's interesting. We saw six and a half touched with the Chargers, and again, BetMGM reporting most of the tickets being written up on the Chargers. Yet when we started the show, it was four and a half. It's now down to the Chargers' lane four. Uh, so a little love going Denver's way. Quickly, part of the Pro Tools when you become a Veasan Pro is the Pro Prop Analyzer. I'm going to give you two that are auto fires for tonight. Michael, why don't you react? Herbert over 261 and a half passing yards and Herbert over one and a half passing touchdowns tonight. That's from the pro prop analyzer.
4: I probably would go with that. I mean, I think this will be a high pay. I think this game's going to be offensively. I know Denver didn't do much, but I think Denver will run the ball. I think they can make play action. I think you can attack the secondary. I like over for Herbert twice. I think he'll make those plays. Pritch, you have a thought?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think Sertan will shadow Mike Williams where he goes, uh, unless he goes inside, but I haven't seen Mike Williams inside that often. Um, and then on the other side, Darby's out with an ACL. So Denver is down with some players on that secondary. Uh, and from a pass rush standpoint, too, uh, injured with Gregory, too, up front to help Bradley Tubbs. So uh, I, over Herbert, those situations, they do run the screen uh, a lot. And, and sometimes, again, that just compromised. Their linebacker situations compromised. Uh, with the Broncos, and I think the screen game could be an asset for Herbert tonight as well.
5: Okay. Just a couple of minutes here before we say goodbye on a Monday. Pritch, just to get your final thoughts on the Mm -hmm. big news of the day, Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals. Can Robbie Anderson make a difference for this Cardinal team that seems to be disjointed on offense?
6: Well, they have a lot of speed now, Um, him and Marquise Brown, and don't forget, they're getting DeAndre Hopkins back, Uh, right? So all of a sudden, the, the Cardinals look different at the wide receiver position. Uh, they still have Kyler Murray, and, okay, Kyler Murray's going to have to elevate his game. Absolutely. Uh, if they get healthy at running back, the offensive line has been banged up, too. Uh, but we know the slow starts from the Cardinals have has handcuffed them uh, in a lot of games this year. Uh, but that receiving core, uh, if they can get the buy-in, and you add the addition of DeAndre Hopkins back from suspension, uh, maybe you take another look at the Cardinals right now.
4: You know, Keith brown, brown was... Was walking on, off Michael. the field in a boot. He was walking yeah. off the yeah. field he on Sunday in a boot.
6: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's banged I, up. I so, s-
4: and I can't imagine Robbie Anderson's going to be in impact Thursday, but I think Mike's right. Hopkins back makes a lot of difference because he'll throw the ball to Hopkins, and Hopkins is the greatest jump ball receiver I've ever seen. He's always covered, but he always comes down with it.
5: Okay, we close out week six. It looks like Pritch and Mr. Lombardi are leaning the Broncos tonight. Pritch, as always, thank you so much. Have a good Monday.
6: You too, guys. Enjoy the game. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Michael. Take care, guys.
5: And Robbie Anderson and his new team, Michael, we'll be discussing that on Thursday, Arizona laying a point yeah. and a half with new Orleans in town. That's going to be very interesting to see what happens with your boy cliff in the desert on Thursday.
4: And yeah, we'll see it with the entourage crew. We'll be there for entourage. wonder if they should get, you know, they should get turtle over. They should get Johnny drama. <laughs> you get, you know, everybody in there for it. It'd be perfect. Hey,
5: enjoy the broadcast tonight. I'm sure you'll have the volume all the way up. Enjoy it. No, Michael. I got
4: Billy. Millie. M- Millie I'll have the sound on. Don't worry. I'll be listening. I'll see you. Big Bet's Thanks. Thanks.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but
3: honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony.
2: I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator.
3: And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show.
2: Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1.
3: Our F1 102, if you will.
2: And get all of the answers.
3: All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
2: wherever you get your podcasts.